Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance. The Spurs signed a flurry of players over the week. But who are they and what can they bring to the team? Welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia. And as I was saying, the Spurs signed quite a few players this past week right after the Tim Duncan retirement announcement has calmed and you know people pretty much accepting that it's pretty much a career has been called a, a day but yeah the Spurs are shaping up their roster the youth movement has begun as I've been talking about since day one of this show so who do they sign and what is going on with this team all right off the bat everybody knows that the Spurs had already signed and were going to sign Pal Gasol well they made it official they uh, signed Pau Gasol. Uh, as you know, he is a uh, 15-year veteran. He's a four-time NBA All-Selection, and he won two titles with the uh, Lakers. So he is a six-time All-Star. He has been named to the NBA All-Second Team from 2010 to 11 and 2014 to 15. Um, he pretty much comes in with a stellar NBA resume. Um, he's had about 1,055 career NBA starts, so he's been in the league for quite some time, and has averaged 18.2 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and 1.68 blocks, while averaging 50% from the field and 75% from the three-point line. So that's where his career averages. So what's the deal with him? Well, he's obviously going to be the fill-in for Tim Duncan. Hard thing to do, big shoes to fill, but this is the best the Spurs can get, and nothing wrong with this pickup. It's actually pretty good. He is a double-double machine. Last year with the Bulls, he averaged 16.5 points and 11 rebounds and 4 assists while shooting 47% from the field. So, he can get it done still, despite his advanced quote-unquote age in the NBA I believe he's 34, 35 years old. So he's a great plug-in for the Spurs, a good big man. He's going to be paired off with LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard. That's That trio is going to be quite devastating for opposing teams defensively and offensively. This is the best the Spurs are going to get, and it's not a bad plug-in for, t- for life after Tim Duncan. So uh, Paul Gasol, you know, he's going to come in with that championship um, pedigree. That veteran know-how, he can still get it done offensively and defensively. Yes, there are some issues with his defense. He's not the greatest. He's not Tim Duncan, but he is a he can rebound, and you know at least he's a long, lengthy guy in the middle that can at least disrupt shots. And he's going to be playing with a defensive-minded Spurs team, and Pop and the rest of the coaching staff will instill that in his brain. And hopefully the Spurs are able to eke out some sort of better defense out of him. Look at LaMarcus Aldridge last year. LaMarcus Aldridge just blossomed defensively with the Spurs. Took him a little while to get going, but he became a rim protector. He, he became a better rebounder. 
um, just disrupting the flow of the game for the opposing teams if they got into the paint. So, welcome aboard, Paul Gasol. I'm not going to spend too much time about him because, well, y'all know pretty much that he's been on the Spurs' radar for, well, since the offseason began. And, well, now it's official. So, welcome aboard, Paul Gasol. All right. Um, the Spurs also, and this is not a big surprise, signed first-round pick DeJounte Murray. All right, so if you'll remember, he was picked 29th overall in the 2016 NBA draft. He's a six foot five, 170 pound point guard or guard, shooting guard. He's a combo guard, and he just played one year at the University of Washington. So he's still a kid. He's 19 years old. Okay, in at U of W, he averaged 16 points, 5.9 rebounds, and 4.4 assists. So, you know, he comes in with an offensive mind which is great. Uh, now he's going to have to learn to be a little bit more defensive. Now, in uh, in college, he averaged close to two steals per game, 1.8. And he did this in 33.5 minutes. He comes in with the Spurs with a good college resume. He was named the Pac-12 All-Conference Second Team, the Pac-12 All-Freshman Team, and he led all Pac-12 freshmen and points, assists, and steals. And he finished second in the conference in rebounds. So, you know, he definitely has the chops. He can definitely get the work done. Now it's about translating his game from uh, college to the NBA. And here's a little uh, tidbit about him. Murray was one of two freshmen to average at least 16 points, five rebounds, and four assists last season. The first person to do that last season in college was the number one pick overall in the 16th draft, LSU's Ben Simmons, who went to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he's been playing at the Spurs Summer League, and he's been showing flashes of what he can do, specifically athletically. The guy can get up and down the court. He's quick. He's fast. He can finish off the break. In one Summer League game, they lobbed him an alley-oop pass pretty much from half court, and he finished it, and he threw it down, and he got the crowd pumped, and he got excited himself. And I think that youthfulness and that exuberance to be playing in the NBA, that, you know, that passion, I saw it, and that's exactly what the Spurs need, that injection of youth. He's definitely going to get it done in San Antonio. The question will be, will he get the minutes? He's more than likely going to be playing a lot of time in Austin, that's for sure. You might see him being one day in Austin, one day back in San Antonio, two days in Austin, back in San Antonio, just to get reps in, just to get familiar with the Spurs system. And that situation is going to happen to a lot of the younger players that the Spurs brought in, which I'm going to go over in a few minutes. But as I was mentioning, he was playing or is playing with the Spurs Summer League team. Now, he's been averaging 11 points, 6.2 rebounds, and one assist in 24.8 minutes, at least through five games in Vegas. So he's not too shabby, you know, not bad. You know, granted, it's not college-level competition, but it is, quote-unquote, NBA-level. I mean, again, not, you know, these these guys are looking to latch onto a team, so they're going to bring their best A game. And Murray is definitely doing that. So excited to see Murray in black and silver. He's going to be good. I think he's going to be a, uh, pretty much exactly what the Spurs needed, that youth, that athletic guard, because, face it, this probably is going to be Manu's last season, more than likely, 
And, you know, and they're going to need uh, insurance at that guard position. Parker, well, Parker is definitely on his decline. He still says he has 45 years left in the tank. We shall see. But with this new point guard slash combo guard, hopefully it'll light a fire in Tony Parker and rejuvenate him to up his game because he and Manu are the last remnants of the Spurs glory days of the big three. And that's gone since Tim Duncan retired. So hopefully Parker can continue that legacy. But, you know, again, this is not about Parker show right now. This is simply about the new guys. So Murray, welcome to the black and silver. All right. Again, the Spurs, we're just making flurries of move. I mean, there's seven guys pretty much in one day. Let's go on to signing number three. They made it official. They signed center big man Dwayne Edmond. Now, y'all know who he is. If not, let me educate you. He is a free agent that the Spurs picked up. Uh, the He played with the Orlando Magic last season. The guy is a freakish, athletic big man. There's comparisons uh, to David Robinson athleticism, that quick running like a deer up and down the court, finishing with above the rim, and just being quick, nimble, mobile, athletic. Again, the last time the Spurs had a big man like that was David Robinson. So, Deadman, he's a seven footer, 245 pound guy. He spent last season, as I mentioned, with the Magic, where he averaged four points, four rebounds. Shot 56% from the field in about 12 minutes in 58 games. And of those 58 games, he had 20 starts. You need to YouTube Dwayne Deadman, and I'll spell it out for you. Just put D-E-W-A-Y-N-E-D-E-D-M-O-N and just watch this guy. He is just a high flyer, but at seven feet. That's just ridiculous. All right, well, he went undrafted in 2013. And he started his professional career in the D-League with the Santa Cruz Warriors back in 2013-14. He then signed with the Warriors in 2013 and then kept on bouncing back and forth from the NBA and the D-League. He would play with the Warriors and go back to the D-League with the Santa Cruz Warriors. And then eventually he got away by Golden State. And he only appeared in four games for the Warriors, the NBA Warriors, that is. But... He's played um, a lot of games in the D-League. Uh, he's at where he averaged 15.2 points, about close to 14 rebounds, 2.3 blocks, and he was actually named a 2014 NBA D-League All-Star. So it kind of just shows you that if he gets the minutes, he can produce. I mean, that's pretty much that goes for any NBA player. But with this guy, the Spurs might be on to something here. And I was talking to Philip Rossman-Reich, of Orlando Magic Daily and also right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Magic. And he was telling me that he just couldn't understand why the Magic let this guy go because he was a crowd favorite, a fan favorite. He was really good with the media. And again, the show that he put on whenever he was on the court for the Magic was just amazing. Again, YouTube his clips. Well, back in January 2014, he signed a couple of 10-day contracts with the 76ers, and he actually played about 11 games with Philadelphia. But again, really didn't produce much, you know, not getting too many minutes, didn't really show any significant stats. Then came the Magic. Then he signed a multi-year deal with Orlando in about March 2014. 
And he had some pretty good games. And hence, that's why the Magic offered him a deal. So, he played about 16 games for Orlando in that season, 2014 season. And he was there for two years. And he left, uh, well, the Magic didn't pick up his deal or didn't ask him to come back or resign him this past summer. And he left the Magic averaging about four points, 4.5 rebounds in 13 minutes. And he played in over 133 games. So, you know, the Magic saw something in him and he definitely brought it. So his overall career averages in the NBA, not including the D-League, is about four points, four rebounds, and 54% from the field in about 13 minutes. All right, you're probably sitting there thinking, okay, this guy is so crazy athletic, so what's the deal? Well, he gets a lot of those points off misses, hanging around the rim, you know, being a trailer, you know, running up and down the court, and then they just pass it to him, and boom, he dunks. He's definitely going to need to develop a go-to shot. He doesn't have one. He needs to develop an outside shot. Luckily for him, the Spurs have a shooting coach gurus on this squad, Chip England to be exact. He'll hopefully work with the dead men and develop that mid-range shot. Because if he can develop a mid-range shot, wow, watch out. This guy is going to be dangerous. Huge pickup. Again, young guy, athletic, big man. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's exactly how the Spurs were getting their butts kicked against the Thunder in the semifinals this past season. And, you know, when they saw Cantor, they saw Ibaka, they saw Steven Adams just run up and down the Spurs bigs. Now, granted, LaMarcus Aldridge had a busted finger. Nonetheless, Spurs saw a need. The Thunder exposed that in the playoffs. The Spurs are trying to address it right now with the signing of Deadman. So, again, I feel like I'm going to say this over and over again. Welcome aboard. Dwayne Dedman to the black and silver. All right, so the flurry of signings continued. And my goodness, it was just like my head was whipping back and forth yesterday, refreshing my searches and listening to you know the radio and watching the ESPN. Just my goodness, the Spurs are just signing players left and right. All right, the next signing was actually kind of a surprise. Uh, not at least not for me because I saw something in this guy, but for majority of uh, Spurs fans were kind of scratching their heads saying, this guy? Well, talking about Ryan, okay, here we go, Ryan Archie Diacono. I'm just going to call him Archie from this point going forward, okay? They signed Ryan Archie Diacono, Archie. Now, many in basketball fans, should I say, know who Ryan is, who Archie is. He played last season with Villanova, in and is famous for making that last second pass uh, to a Cope teammate, to a teammate of his that nailed a three-point shot in the 2016 NCAA championship that won it uh, for Villanova. And uh, it was just like a last-second shot, and Archie had a huge hand in that. He's a six-foot-three, 188-pound guard. All right. As I mentioned before, in his final season at Villanova, he helped guide the Wildcats to the 2016 NCAA championship. And he was voted the most outstanding player of the NCAA Final Four, where he scored 16 points and he had set up that game-winning three-pointer in the championship game. So, 
He comes into the Spurs with lots of accolades. He was named second team all Big East after averaging 12.5 points, 4.2 assists, 2.9 rebounds in about 32 minutes while shooting 44% from the field, 39% from the three-point range, and 83% from the foul line. Right? Now, he left Villanova as the only player in school history to record 1,500-plus points, 500-plus assists, while helping Villanova to a 117-27 record. That's an 81% winning percentage over the course of his four years at Villanova. So he was a major impact for that school's basketball program. Will it translate into the NBA? We shall see. Now, the Spurs got him because he has been playing with the Spurs Summer League team, all right, where he averaged 2.4 points, 2.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists in about 19 minutes in seven games between the Vegas Summer League and the Utah Summer League. All right, so why the drop-off? Well, he's not going to beat the man anymore. So with a lot of uh, players on that Summer League squad for San Antonio vying for a position, you know, he's not going to get as many touches. Got got a deep bench. They got a lot of players trying to make a, a roster, an NBA roster, not necessarily the Spurs, but... During the time he's gotten the ball and played for the summer league team, he's been showing a steady hand. Think to me, he just sounds like an insurance guard, an insurance guard in case something happens to Parker, or you know something disastrous happens where the Spurs guard core gets hit. Now, if any player is going to be spending time away from the Spurs and in Austin, is more than likely going to be this guy. He will definitely be in the training camp. He'll play some minutes during the preseason games, but eventually you're either going to see him deep, deep, deep on the bench or in Austin, where I think he's going to spend the most of his early steps with San Antonio. He's going to need it. You know, he's a shooter, and that's exactly what the Spurs are looking at right now, a gunner. Again, 39% from three-point range in his college years, that's not too shabby. So the Spurs are definitely looking at him to provide that outside shooting touch a la J.J. Redick, you know, some guy like that. Hopefully he'll blossom into that. So welcome aboard, Archie Diacono. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get his name and not feel weird saying it. It's going to come out smooth as the season comes close and when he's playing on the court, whether it be for Austin or the Spurs. All right, another pickup in the uh, flurry of signings this week for the Spurs is another guy from the Summer League. This one was not too surprising. I kind of saw the writing on the wall, but guard Bryn Forbes out of Michigan State. Uh, He is a shooter. Now, if you thought Archie was a shooter, this guy is better. He can shoot lights out, and he proved it in the Summer League. Now, we're talking about the Summer League, so let me get this out of the way quickly. He's played for both summer league teams, the Vegas team and the Utah team for the Spurs. Now, grand total between those two leagues, he's averaged 11 points, 3.3 rebounds in about 25 minutes in a, in a total of seven games. So pretty good, you know, not, not bad numbers. So 
is he's doing exactly what the Spurs want him to do. And I believe he had an interview with a Michigan outlet and where he said that he spoke to Popovich and Popovich told him, just shoot it, just to do what you do best and shoot it. And boy, has he been doing that in the summer league. He's just been shooting it. He had games of 20-plus points out in Vegas, in Utah. Uh, you know, And when he didn't have those high-scoring games, he was still reliable with the ball from deep. So the Spurs need shooting. They need youth at the guard position. Sound familiar? I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors. Then, yeah, they got themselves a pretty good find with Forbes. Now, Forbes is six foot three, 190 pounds. He was named to the All-Big Ten second team at his senior year at Michigan State, where he averaged 14 points, two rebounds, 1.5 assists in about 28 minutes in 35 games. Now, here is what the Spurs like. He led the NCAA Division I players in three-point percentage last year. He, he shot 48%. 48%. He took 233 three-pointers. He made 112. Not per, not bad at all, if I might say. 48% clip. Perfect. Now, he finished 8th in the country in three-point field goals made. Again, knocking down the 112 three-pointers. And he set an all-time Big Ten conference record for most three-pointers in a game. When he hit 11 threes in a career-high 33 points, at Rutgers last season. Now, as I mentioned before, he played two seasons at Michigan State, and then he also played two seasons in Cleveland State. But in Michigan State, to close out his college career, overall, again, he averaged 11.3 points, 1.7 rebounds, 1.2 assists in 27 minutes. So not, not great numbers, but solid numbers for a guy who pretty much went undrafted in uh, this past uh, NBA draft. So again, Gunners, you're seeing a pattern here now. DeJounte Murray, guard, athletic, quick. Archie Diacono, guard, a shooter. Bryn Forbes, another guard, young, shooter. You're seeing a pattern here, what the Spurs are trying to get at right now. They're definitely looking at their... Their perimeter play, they're, they're they're keying on it. They're telegraphing it. They're, they they feel they need more help outside the paint because they got that down. They definitely got that down with Gasol and Lamarcus down the middle, and of course Kawhi when he does post up or get into the paint. So they feel they need help at the guard position, and they are actually going for it. All right, a few more signings, and we're pretty much done. I caught you all up, Spurs fans. The next signing that I've been super excited for, and I've been waiting for this day, they finally brought him over, Davis Bertens, the Latvian sharpshooter. This kid, in my opinion, is going to be pretty solid. Now, his numbers are not going to wow you, but allow me to explain. Now, I've been pretty much applauding Davis Bertens since uh, the Spurs acquired his rights in the 2011 draft day deal that sent George Hill to the Pacers and the Pacers sending Kawhi Leonard to the Spurs plus Davis Bertens rights. Talk about a steal if it works out. George Hill for Kawhi Leonard, which we all know what he's turned into. And if Bertens is projected to be the 
good player that the Spurs find overseas, that's not a bad draft day uh, trade for the Spurs. So Davis Bertans. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on him because I already did an entire show about him and I profiled him. Go to Locked On Spurs on the Lockdown Locked On Podcast Network and just look for it. It's there. Spotlight Davis Bertans. Everything you need to know. Let's put it this way. He's called the Latvian sharpshooter for no reason because this guy can shoot. And he shoots with nine fingers. Nine fingers. That's right. He's missing a finger. All right. Briefly, because if I start going on Bertans, I probably won't stop. And you won't know who else the Spurs signed over the week. He's six foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds. He was again, I mentioned he was selected in the twenty eleven NBA draft in the second round by the Pacers. But then the Spurs acquired his rights in that um, deal for George Hill. He's 23 years old. And in the past two seasons, he played with Spanish club La Baral Cuchta, which is pretty much the first division of the Spanish league. It's a, it's a solid league. It's right up. It's not the NBA level, but it's pretty close. So he's been playing in a tough league. Now, last season, he played in 22 games. He averaged 8.5 points, 3.1 rebounds, 1 assist, and 24 minutes of play while shooting 42% from the three-point range. This guy is a gunner. He's a shooter. Now, but it doesn't just end there. That's how his game started was just being a gunner, a shooter, and shooting it from deep, deep, and making them like no problem. But since his two seasons with that Spanish club, Labral Cuchta, his game has developed. He can slash to the rim. He can finish with authority. He can pass on a dime. He's not afraid to take the clutch shot. Again, go back and listen to profile Davis Bertans, or I call it, I'm sorry, spotlight Davis Bertans. And that's everything you need to know about him. He, you know, the opening of that show is a clip of him doing some damage on, I forgot the name of the team, but. It's, I mean, you just hear the uh, announcer just going wild for this guy, what Davis Bertans did. He's cracking his voice. He's losing it. He's like, oh, my God. Ah, he's cracking his voice. He's saying, Davis Bertans. The guy, I'm excited for this guy. My only issue with him is that I'm going to need to take some patience. Spurs fans are going to need patience with him. I think he's coming in with a lot of expectations from Spurs, from the Spurs fans. They saw what he's done in Europe, in the, in the Spanish League, in the Euro League. Uh, the guy can shoot lights out. But I think Spurs fans are going to need to temper those expectations. I'm going to have to temper those expectations. I know he's just a rookie. He's just a kid. He's going to be playing with Popovich. And we all know how Popovich is with rookies. So let's not jump the bandwagon if Bertans doesn't pan out in the first month or so or he's just relegated to the bench but so yeah just keep an eye on him that's all I'm gonna say I'm excited hopefully he pans out I think he will he's not gonna be you know pumping in double doubles every night and that's not for sure but he's gonna be a great solid role player for the Spurs so looking forward to Davis Bertans thank you Spurs for finally bringing him over. And again, he's going to be, think of him as a stretch four, um, like Matt Bonner, but a lot more athletic, just crazy athleticism. So again, welcome Davis. 
Okay, one more, one more. And finally, the big news. The Spurs re-sign Manu Ginobili. They made it official. He's back. He's not retiring now, at least not right now. So he's definitely back. This will mark his 15th season with the silver and black. Now, the Spurs signed him to a whopping one-year, $14 million contract. Now, you might say, hey, he deserves it. Hey, that's his going away present, kind of like what the Spurs did with uh, Tim Duncan when he opted into his deal and he picked up millions of dollars. Yeah, that's good. And, that, and that's, you know, he deserves it. I'm not sitting here saying he deserves that contract for what he's done for the Spurs over his 15 years in the NBA. But there's a little backstory to this. Um, so it seems that there was another team that really wanted Manu Ginobili to join them. And that was the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. Apparently, this has been going on for some while, for some time. I'm sorry. The Sixers wanted him bad. They offered him up for two-year deals. Uh, I saw in the range of numbers of 30 million, you know, for the two years. Um, and Manu Ginobili was seriously considering it. Can you imagine Spurs fans Manu in another uniform, let alone the Sixers uniform? Um, so what happened? Well, the Sixers made him that sweet deal and it was a serious deal and I can see why they wanted him. They have a very, very young team and they need veteran presence. So why not Manu? I mean, that's like the perfect NBA veteran you want helping guide and mold the young bucks in Philadelphia. But the Spurs were saying like, oh no, we're not doing this. He's not going to play in another uniform. So pretty much the Philadelphia offer to Manu forced the Spurs to up their offer to Manu, and which was one year, 14 million, and Manu took it. Now, a lot of Spurs fans were up in arms saying, oh my goodness, Philly, how can you do that? Brett Brown, who was an assistant coach with the Spurs for years, what are you doing? What kind of loyalty is that? You know, why are you trying to steal our guys? You know, and I get it, Spurs fans. You want to protect Manu. You don't want him to see him gone. But if he had left, could you have blamed him for taking that amount of money? I, I, I couldn't. It would have stung. I would have been like, great. Duncan retired. Now this, what a summer for the Spurs. But at the end of the day, he did sign. Now, there's reports saying that because the Spurs were well their hand was forced to pay Manu may have cost them the ability to re-sign Boban Marjanovic who left the Pistons for I believe it was a two-year 21 million dollar deal something around that figure don't quote me on that but so in other words whatever money they were going to give Boban they couldn't anymore because they had to now turn it around and offer it to Manu Ginobili and there's also some out there saying, well, Philadelphia did it on purpose to prevent the Spurs from using that money, going to get a bigger, a big name uh, player. Well, you know, at, that, at this point in the season, the offseason, and with the flurry of signings, and of course, signing Pau Gasol to a big deal as well, I don't think that was going to happen. I think this is such a situation that Philadelphia just really wanted Manu. They wanted that veteran leadership on a very young team. I get that. So, yeah, if you're Philadelphia, you're like, okay, look, Manu's not going to leave the Spurs 
for a one-year deal, $5 million. Just pretend. He's not going to do that. we got to sweeten the pot to get him to leave the black and silver. And they almost did. They almost stole Manu. Fortunately for the Spurs, they made the right decision. They counter-offered with something that will pique Manu's interest. And, well, Manu staying in silver and black for a 15th season. So kudos to the Spurs for stepping up and keeping Manu in the Alamo City. But, again, can you imagine Manu Ginobili in a Sixers uniform? And knowing that his only appearance in San Antonio had he left would just be one time during the season. That's it. One time. So not a way to close out your NBA career, Manu, if he had left. I mean, that that would have just been all sorts of disgusting to see him in a Sixers uniform. Wow. Or any other uniform, not necessarily Philadelphia, but any uniform. He has to finish a spur. He has to retire a spur. He can't go out like George Gervin where the Spurs traded Gervin to the Bulls. No way. That was, oh, I think that was one of the biggest failures in the Spurs franchise history, letting Gervin go and wearing a Bulls uniform. Ugh, gross. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, Manu's back. He's back. This is pretty much his farewell tour. You know, all signs are leading to maybe, you know, he's going to retire. So appreciate Manu this year, Spurs fans. Do it. This, he's, he's, he's not getting any younger. He's getting tired. He can't bounce back anymore. He's going to be playing uh, over uh, the summer with Team Argentina. So tune into those games because this might be the last time you see Manu on a court for the Spurs this season. If he decides to retire. And we're done. That's it. They signed seven players. So just to recap, that was DeJounte Murray's on board. Okay, these are the guys that are on board. DeJounte Murray, Bryn Forbes, uh, Pau Gasol, the official signings now, Pau Gasol, Manu Ginobili, Dwayne Dedman, Archie Diacono. So the Spurs definitely, oh, and Davis Bertans, I'm sorry, and Davis Bertans. So seven guys in one day. That was just nuts. But, you know, just because the Spurs signed them does not mean the, they can keep um, a particular players. I mean, I'm looking at is uh, Bryn Forbes, Diacono, and Deadman, uh, even Bertans. You know, I don't think they're going to let go Bertans, but if anything, what they're going to do is they will send them to Austin. You know, they're probably minimum deals, especially for Deadman, Diacono, and Forbes. So they're probably smaller deals. So if the Spurs feel they're not working out, they can waive them. They can probably eat that cost or send them to Austin or even use them as trade bait. So just because they're a spur does not mean these, at least these particular guys does not mean that they'll be a spur for the entire season. Now, Murray, yes. Pau Gasol, yes. Mono Ginobili, yes. And to a certain extent, Davis Bertans. Those four guys definitely will be in San Antonio. But the other three, uh, Diacono, Forbes and Deadman, those, you know, could be, you know, tra- uh, players that the Spurs can just eat their contract if it doesn't work out, send them to Austin, trade them, bury them on the bench. So, you know, nonetheless, you know, they should just be happy that they got on the NBA team. They're with the Spurs, a great organization, and they better just show off some defense, some know-how, and listen to pop. 
pretty much sums it up. Just listen to Pop. All right, Spurs fan, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So now you're caught up. You're caught up exactly of what the Spurs are doing when it comes to the roster and what the youth movement is looking like. Very nice, isn't it? Huh? Pretty good. So the phase of life after Tim Duncan has begun. It's time to move on. And hopefully this roster and this team they're going to assemble next year is enough to win an NBA title. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Locked On Spurs.